love Jesus. Can you say amen? Don't you know we used to be just like the world? We would be out there today dressing up. I'm sure if I went around the room and I asked you, you know, what was the craziest thing you were, we could probably make each other laugh, you know. Talk about the things that we were and the things that we let our kids dress up and be. But how many know Halloween can come and go, but your life won't change? You know, we can talk from experience as a church that we've done things that not only have changed people's lives. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of what we just were doing last Halloween. You know? And there's nothing wrong with what we did last Halloween in the sense of, you know, is it wrong to do a play? But let me tell you what we did last Halloween, just, just to learn from our mistakes. We said, we're going to do a play. We're going to have somebody be the devil. We're going to have somebody be Jesus. We're going to have somebody look like an angel. And what we're going to do is we're going to make this stage a life. Uh, you're going to watch people's lives right up here, a bank. You know, you're going to watch people go to work. You're going to see some people, you know, die, and when they die, some are going to go to hell and they're going to get dragged away. Others are going to go to heaven with Andrew, who was wearing a crown and grew out a beard. And, you know, we spent a month doing that. We spent a month preparing for that night. We handed out flyers, told everybody they're going to get free candy. And the first night, over 150 people, standing room only. Second night, same thing, third night. And yeah, we saw people come up to the stage and get saved and those different things. But let me ask you a question. Does that really show who Jesus is? Does that really show the power of our God? I mean, honestly, if we were to have a video camera here, and I think it's actually still on the Internet, you can watch it. Does that compare to Transformers or some other movie that people go and see? Would that compare to that? Really? Come on, let's be honest. So this Halloween, you know what we said? We're just going to hang out with Jesus. And yet there's plenty of seats. Think about that. Come on, just walk, walk down the road of logic with me for a little bit. Can you all think with me? Everybody got their thinking cap on right now? Look at your neighbor and say, just think about it. Come on, just think about it for a minute. We say to the community, we will give you free candy that will probably hurt you more than help you. We're going to do a play, we're not even Oscar award winning actors, and we're going to do it on Halloween night, whatever. Hundreds of people. But we say to them, those same people this time, no free candy, you should be on a diet anyway along with myself. Do some more aerobics. Come to church. Holy Ghost aerobics. No, no white Jesus with a beard. No, you know, a Latino devil with an accent. Ole lejones. It's time for you to go to Hades. No, n none of that. But instead of all of that, we're going to have Jesus. Why does that not work? Let me tell you why. Because most people do not believe in Jesus. Most people do not believe in Jesus. 
We have gone so far from who Jesus is that people wouldn't even recognize Him if He walked on the streets. If Jesus came right now and walked on the streets, I guarantee you He would be persecuted, killed again. Because He would be that radical. He would be that different. He would annoy that many people. He would upset that many people. Well, before we, we, we get all self-righteous, we're like, oh, but we're here and I love Jesus and it's Halloween and I came out and that shows I'm crazy for God. I'm radical. But if we really believed God, we would, if we really believed in Him as we ought to, we would live different lives. I mean, does it really take a service for us to pray for the sick? I mean, shouldn't we all be praying for the sick? I mean, I read the Bible, and the Bible says that there's these demons that keep getting cast out of people's lives everywhere the disciples go. And, and as a matter of fact, I don't even see that there's necessarily this, this church service that people come to to get demons cast out of them. Actually, it happens at places kind of like the grocery store. It happens in the marketplace, the town square. But yet today, you know, we don't really believe that, do we? I mean, let's just be honest. Those in this room. I mean, I know all of you. You know? We really don't believe that. Come on, let's be honest. We struggle with that. We, we struggle with the idea that on my job, if somebody's sick, I can pray for them and see them healed. There's all these rules against, you know, prayer and all of that. You know, never mind that Christians in the first century died and were burned alive at stakes, you know, you know, God forbid we lose our 401k. Oh, Lord, I you know, just can't suffer that much for you, but I'll, you know, I'll do what I can for you, Jesus. No, come on, let's think about it. If we really believed it, we would see sick people healed on our jobs. So to me today, it's an example of where we are as a church, and where we are in a country is related to each other because when you walk into a room and you flip on the light and your light bulb is out like I was in my basement the other day and I flipped on the light and the light did not come on, I don't start yelling at the darkness. I don't start saying, darkness, how dare you be here right now? What do I do? I change the light bulb. I throw away the old one. Put a new one in, right? We know what I'm talking about. Well, we can run around Chicago and we can yell at the darkness. We can say, you're a gangbanger. You're bad. We can yell at the people tonight. You look like a demon. What's wrong with you? You know, it's like casting the person out of the demon. Instead of the demon, out the person. It's like they're clothing themselves with the demon, you know. Okay, think about that for a minute. You'll get it. And, and, and we could get upset with them. We, we could talk about politics right now, and we could say, well, these people are going to lead us down the path of destruction. But really, whose fault is it? Why is our country the way it is? Why are there so many abortions? Why are there so many people confused about their sexuality? Why are there so many people murdering each other? Why are there so many people today running around going trick-or-treat, dressed up like a goblin or transformers or dressed up like a girl? I don't know what they dress up like, you know? Whatever they want to be. Well, the problem is not the darkness. It's the, it's the light. You ever notice that in your house, no matter how dark it is, when you turn on the light, the darkness goes away. 
Have you noticed that? No matter how dark it is in your house, when you turn on the light, the darkness goes. I think it's time we turn on the light. I would rather do the right thing and be wrong in everybody else's eyes than do the wrong thing and be right in everybody else's eyes. Are you listening to me? I began to think to myself as we were planning these meetings, I began to think to myself, well, who will come? Who will want to be here? I mean, we haven't handed out flyers. We've only spoke to people. We haven't bribed them. But yet we're telling them that our Savior will come. And today to see mostly everybody who's come to our church before is not disappointing, but to me it's a reality check. This is where our society is. And so we have three days to change the way we do church. Not just for three days only, but from this three days we change forever the way we do things. Let us come back to what church was really all about. I'm going to show you in the Bible so clearly what it's all about. Let's come back to it. Let's come back to what God said He would do. I would rather say God said He would do it and nothing happened than to try to deny that He ever said it. Let me give you an example with that. I know some of you all are going to catch that. I would rather say God said He would raise the dead and us pray for the dead to be raised and nothing happened than to try to convince you Jesus never said He'll raise the dead. You understand what I just said? I would rather say today we're going to see miracles. We're going to see deaf ears open. Blind eyes will see. We're going to see demons cast out. We're going to see people's lives radically change. I would rather say that and nothing happen than to not say it at all. Because the first step of us going back to what this Bible says is to say it again. And I'm going to say that again. The first step for us to go back to what God called us to do is to say it the way He said it again. To talk like the way He talked. Let me give you a prayer from one of the disciples of Paul. His name was Clement. And Clement knew Paul intimately and God changed his life. And now Clement is over the church of Corinth. So you know the book of Corinthians. That was by Paul. This is his disciple Clement. You can find Clement mentioned in the latter part of the book of Philippians. Listen to how Clement prays. Listen to what he says his prayer is. We ask you, Master, be our helper and defender. Rescue those of our number in distress. Rise up the falling. Assist the needy. Heal the sick. Turn back those of your people who stray. Feed the hungry. Release our captives. Revive the weak. Encourage those who lose heart. Let all the nations realize that you are the only God, that Jesus Christ is your child, and that we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. I mean, come on. Is that not what it's about? Why don't we pray prayers like that and really mean it? You see, because what we have to do now is we have to do the song and dance of religion. Do you know that right now I'm studying church history? And do you know that right now I'm reading what the church fathers said? Do you know that when plays were starting to be done in the first and second century and Christians were going to them, do you know that people would write long letters telling the Christians don't go to the plays? 
They said if you go to the plays, it will dull your mind towards God. Well, now you and I think to ourselves, you know, why go to the movies? It doesn't dull our mind towards God. Yeah, but have we seen the dead raised? You see, they got so close to God that they were, they were so careful that they didn't want things to come into their life and take it away. And now I look at what we consider church, and it's such a watered-down, diluted place that when somebody like us today on Halloween says, come to our service, God will heal. Come with a need, God will set you free. People don't even pay much attention to it. You know why? Because we don't really believe it either. Because we really haven't shown them on the streets yet. You know, when you read the Bible, there was never a problem with the crowd. Matter of fact, Jesus had a different problems with crowds. He wasn't trying to get them. He was actually trying to get rid of them. Think about that. Jesus wasn't going around saying, hey, I want to build the biggest church. Whoever wants to follow me, come follow me. No, he actually was telling the people following him, if you don't die, be willing to die. If you don't uh, forsake your family, you can't follow me. The Bible says one day Jesus had thousands of people around him. He said, if you don't eat my flesh, drink my blood, you cannot be a follower of mine. The Bible says thousands of his followers left. That's not the thing you say to people when you want to draw a crowd. You don't, you don't say to the crowd, listen, if you really want to be my disciple, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. What do you say to the crowd? You say to the crowd, hey, I'm going to do a little tap, tap dance here for you. I'm going to do all these things for you so I can bribe you. I can bribe you. See, but Jesus' problem with the crowd wasn't trying to get it. He was trying to get rid of it. That doesn't mean he, he didn't love people. It just means he didn't want a crowd for a crowd's sake. But what are we doing in the church today? What do we do? What do we do? Trying to draw the crowd. And how do we try to draw the crowd? We do what they want. What does the crowd want? The crowd wants easy believism. The crowd wants sloppy agape. The crowd doesn't want to be told about their sins. The community today doesn't want to be told about their sin. As I was telling you before, those that were at Wednesday night Bible class, I was preaching at a wedding, and somebody said to their, their family member, you know, I love it when Joe preaches like that. You know why? Because I was just talking about how much God loves this couple I didn't raise my voice. I didn't talk about sin. I didn't talk about judgment. They, they said to their family member, man, I love it when he talks like that. I mean, wouldn't we all like a smiling pastor? I mean, come on. Wouldn't we all like a book on how to be successful? Come on, wouldn't we all want more money? I mean, inside of our flesh, wouldn't we all want that? And that's what the crowd wants. People don't want to be told about how their family should be. and We don't want to be told about what things we should or shouldn't do. We don't want to be told that we're actually expected to do something. And then certainly this, this part of, uh, you know, supernatural living, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just too much. So I want to ask you a question, those of you who came today. Do you want to commit to changing things? Now, I'm not just saying this to hype you up, saying, like, do you want to change things in the sense like, yeah, I want to change things. Let's all shout and speak in tongues for a while and dance across the stage. No, I'm talking like, really, do you want to change things? I'm talking like, really, really want to change things. Like, tonight, change things. I'm talking about when you walk out the door, do you want to change things? When you see the next person, you see that sick. Do you really want to see them healed? The next person that you see in a wheelchair, because there isn't one here tonight, the next one that you see in a wheelchair, would you really go for it? 
Will you really, really go for it? What do we have to lose? I mean, honestly, we've already bought into the Bible. I mean, we believe that a fish swallowed a man, that the man lived inside the fish for three days. How many know you're already crazy by most people's definition? Come on, you, you already believe that a man walked on water? Hello? You, you already believe that in the garden there was a talking snake? Why not believe that he can actually do the rest of the parts? Let me tell you a few reasons why now we're going to do what we're doing. Number one, because Jesus did it. Jesus went and performed miracles. The gospel was never supposed to be preached without miracles. What difference would Christianity have in the eyes of the Roman world if they didn't have miracles? They would just be another philosophy. Okay, you believe in, like, you would ask somebody, what do you believe life's all about? Well, I believe life's all about Zeus, and Zeus created us, and Hercules, and Hermes, and there on top of Mount Olympus, there's all the gods, and when the thunder happens, that means they're fighting. Okay, what do you believe? Well, I believe that there was this man named Jesus. He died and rose again. There's angels with wings. One day we go to heaven or hell. Okay, high five. Let's go back to eating food and enjoying life. I mean, if there was all, if that's all Christianity was, it wouldn't have changed the world. The difference between Christianity and the other religions of the world is that they then said, now let me show you how this works. Satan, get out of that person, and demons would leave. They then would say to the deaf person, hear in Jesus' name, and they would hear. That's how people got converted. There wasn't these long arguments. Well, is Zeus better than Jesus? Well, tell me the top ten reasons why you love Zeus, and I'll tell you the top ten reasons I love Jesus. And then after people thought and pondered, they were like, oh, I see. Jesus is so much better than Zeus. Oh, there's streets of gold in heaven. Oh, that's a check mark. I'll rather have that. Okay, I'll go that way. I'll serve Jesus. No. The man with a legion demon, legions of demons, thousands of demons, wanted to become a Christian because he was, he was naked, cutting himself by the tombs. And Jesus came to him and cast the demons out of him. And the man came into his right mind and said, how did I get here? And he bowed down and said, you're the son of God. That's what it was about. Are you all with me? I didn't write this Bible. How many know Joe did not write this Bible? I mean, it's funny when we say it like that, isn't it? I mean, it really is. I didn't write this Bible. How many know that when I came to this planet, this Bible was already written? How about this one? How about this? What if I just shut the Bible today and never spoke from it again? It would still be the Bible then, wouldn't it? So many times we get used to our pastors and our leaders, you know. They're, 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 they're the ones representing the Bible. And like somehow like they're the ones that should only believe in everybody else. Just listen to it. And it's like if my pastor doesn't preach the Bible, it's almost like it doesn't exist. No. This Bible said before I was even on the planet that Jesus still healed and set people free. I mean, that is what it says. I could shut this Bible. God forbid I never would, but I could be an atheist. I, I, your pastor could be, let's put it on somebody else. 
there was a pastor that was preaching the Bible but was being a homosexual doing drugs on the side. Okay, that, that's never going to be me by God's grace. Pray for me. That never happens. Amen. But guess what? The Bible is still the Bible. Why have we forgot that simple thought? Whether or not these 20 other thousand churches in America or right here in Chicago do it, it's not up to me. I don't have control over 20. I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying we're the only ones, by the way. okay? I'm just making an example here because I know that there's people who don't want to do this. And, and just bear with me here. If there's 20,000 churches in Chicago today that don't want to believe God for miracles and don't want to believe God for deliverance and don't want to do it, I have nothing to do with that. You all understand that, right? How many understand that Metro Praise has nothing to do with televangelists selling miracles for 1999 in a holy cloth, right? But what I do have something to do with and what we have to do with today is will we believe it? Will we, in just a few moments, ask those of you in this congregation who are sick, can we pray for you? Will we, in a few moments, ask those of you who have felt like you've been oppressed to pray for you to be free? Those of you who need to get saved to come get saved, will we do that? Will you join with me to start a revolution then that touches every part of our lives when we leave out this building? That's what our choice is. It's not, it's not my choice what those other churches do, but no, it's my choice what I do when I'm in the grocery store. If I see somebody sick, will I pray for them? Will I be sensitive to the Lord and witness to the people in my life when I'm on my job? Will I begin to live a life that is radical? Because let me tell you something today, friends. Let me just be brutally honest with you. I don't think God owes us one thing right now. Now, He's going to keep His Word because it's His Word, but I think that God is looking at us in heaven, and He very well could be. I think He could be saying, prove to me you really want this. Because if right now, if all we're saying is, I just want to be healed so I can go back to overeating and being gluttonous and doing nothing for your kingdom, He, he be, could just be thinking to Himself, these are just Americans, and they use church and religion just to get what they want. This is not how He healed in the, uh, in the New Testament. Jesus didn't heal people just so they could go off and be sinners. It was a sign of His glory. It was a sign of His power. But I don't think we see it like that anymore. I don't think God owes us one thing. I'm telling you, man, I would, I would, rather, I would rather preach these three days and just keep saying it over and over again. Our God's a healer. Our God sets people free. Our God saves and not one person gets saved, not one person gets healed, not one person gets delivered. And yet we came and we said it and we believed it and it transformed our lives. And over weeks, over times, over months, over years, it began to transform us until the revelation hit us. And in five years from now, it hits us on the head and we finally see somebody healed. I'm ready for that. Because I'm not just here to show up and say, Dun, da, da, here comes Jesus. He's going to heal you. Put a coin in the slot. Now you're healed. Okay, now go back to doing whatever you're doing. No, I want it to come the way He brings it. I want healing to come with repentance. I want, I want deliverance to come with a life of devotion to God. You know, I don't understand it. I really don't. We, 
We're in a service just like this a few months ago, and there was a man sitting in the back, and we were worshiping Jesus, and he began to contort, and he began to have issues, and we couldn't notice him, but some people did back there, and they noticed he was having problems, and he was bucking and shaking and all this weird stuff, and he left in a hurry. And, and David here in the back, he called him, you know, and he was like, hey, what's up? You're going to come back to the church? And the man said, no, your church gave me demons. He had never really been to church before. And he said, your church gave me demons. And David's like, no, no, we don't give you demons here. You probably had demons before you got here, but that's not us. Long story short, we go over to the man's house. The man has had demons inside of him for years. He came to our church and it was the presence of God that brought the demons out. We're at his house. Within seconds, I just say, Jesus. I just said the name Jesus. And he started cursing at me. He became violent. One of our brothers had to hold him. And for the next half hour, we cast out about four or five demons out of him. When he came to, he didn't even know what happened. And we began to tell him what the demons told us. That's where the psychics get their power from, is what the demons tell them. I began to tell him what demons told us. I said, the demons told me this about your father. Told me this about you and your cousin. He would never have confessed what he did with his cousin. I said, this is what the demon told me. This is what he was telling me as I was casting him out. But that man never came to the church to get discipled. So I'm thinking to myself, it can't just be the power of casting out demons that brings the revolution because here we just cast out demons and this man doesn't even come and get discipled. I'm like, this church situation in America is messed up. We, something is so wrong, we've got to make it right again. And I'm like, the first step is, is getting back with the power. Come on, yeah, that's the first step. I'm totally with that. But I'm realizing it's going to take more than just casting demons out of somebody. There has to be a church that's moving forward in power and people know how to live like a Christian, how to act like a Christian. The name of Jesus has been so slandered, has been so brought through the mud, that people can get set free from demons and still not even choose to live a Christian life. What's the power in the church? Where is the church? You know, we're not alone. We're not the only people that have read a Bible. When you go up and down these streets and you say, I'm a Christian, they think, they think you're just like everybody else. And what's a Christian like? Christian's a hypocrite. Christian lives one way, talks another way. Christians are going to say one thing and do another. Christians are going to be just as bad as everybody else, if not worse. My friend who worked in the restaurant industry, he said the worst day for tips was Sundays. Christians were the stingiest. Some people work in different retail agencies, say Christians are the worst. Christians are the worst at this. Christians are the worst to deal with. I remember I was talking to a person that ran a conference. Uh, you know, 20,000 people came to this conference. He was a part of the organizational structure. He said to me, the women that were there were the worst women he's ever dealt with his entire life. They would cuss him out. They would get angry. They would fight. And this was all at the Christian conference. But is that what we see in the Bible? Is that what you imagine when you think of Jesus? Are we ready to start this thing over again? Today. Those of you who have been a part of our church, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to start going into the Word right now for the next three hours and explain it to you. No, I'm just kidding. Just two hours. Now it's time for us to get out our Word. 
And I want to show you why we're doing what we're doing. If you're with me, can you say amen? Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark. And look at Mark chapter 6. It's good to see you here today. I'm not here to make you feel guilty or to make you feel extra proud because you came and others didn't. No, we're all the same. We all need Jesus. And I'm glad you were obedient. Those that will come tomorrow and Sunday, they'll get more of this understanding. But here's the bottom line. We can't point fingers anymore. It's time for us to do it. You know, I could sit back and keep saying, well, you know, this person should do it. And this person should do it. And this person, no, man, when am I going to do it? You know, when is this church going to start doing it? I, I'm looking at Evie in the back there, you know. And, and we love you, girl. And we love that you guys came for our youth group all those months, you know, and all those wonderful times. But it's like it's, 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 like it's so easy for me to say, oh, yeah, we should be a radical youth group. But let's keep giving them this and rap and this and that to, to bribe them. But, yeah, let's be radical. But then what happens? We cast out demons in the middle of one of our service. Evie was there. You, you at the youth group were there. How many of you, you saw the demons cast out of that young lady? You saw it. And you know what we realized? Is that the kids rather have basketball. We put the we right here. We would rather have basketball, the Wii, PlayStation, extra snacks at the snack table, than to see demons cast out. I remember just like it was yesterday. You know, somebody had told me that this young lady was dealing with stuff. Okay, we're going to come up here. And some of you haven't been around very long. Trust me, everybody will tell you this is not fake. This is not like, well, they just got really excited and the church is calling it demons. I'm telling you, if you would have been there, it would have made you pee in your pants and you would have said to yourself, that's a demon. That reminds me of a horror movie, okay? It was nothing like, it was just like they were excited and we were playing it out. No, it was so real, it scared the hell out of people. That's how real it was. You all know what I'm talking about. We're there. So anyway, there's this young lady. She's dealing with these things in life. We're told to pray for her. She comes up. We got the music on in the background. I'm just going to, you know, gently pray for her. God, touch her. God, be with her. And all of a sudden, I start hearing her laugh. <laughs> Laughing at me while I'm praying. Then at that moment, I said, let's turn down the music. Let me pray. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And right when I said that, she said, I hate you, you mother effer at the top of her lungs. Right here in church, screamed curse words. She was gone. The demons were talking. Y'all were there. Come on, I'm not making this up. And it took two grown men, Adolfo and David, to hold her down, bucking and jerking and moving everywhere. And she began to say things that were in her life. And the demons began to talk and threaten. And then the demons got cast out. And that last demon, when he came out, was like, like a screech. Y'all heard that, right? Come on. And she fell down weak, couldn't even stand. Took her in the back. And I remember looking at the young people. Like I'm thinking to myself, Sheikaboomba, we just had demons cast out in church. 
We've just won the Super Bowl, baby. Come on. Man, there was like, come on, you all know what I'm talking about. There was like 80 kids there, probably like 80, almost 90 kids that were there. I'm thinking to myself, man, we just won the Super Bowl, Gilbert. We're going to take 80, 90 kids to glory. We're going to have Pentecost. Man, we're going to have church. Man, we just showed these kids the most real thing they could ever see right there in front of them. And then we come back the next week and not one of them's changed. They're all running around playing basketball. That's why we have the basketball goals out there. And we have plans to do it a different way on another day, not on our youth days anymore. But we're going to start a community center in this third storefront. But anyways, came out there and David and I are talking to each other. Kids are fighting with each other. We're having to babysit them. Guys and girls running behind cars. And we started to think to ourselves, nothing has changed. Demons were cast out and not one thing changed. And I began to think to myself, there's a problem in our church. And it's not even just my fault because I didn't start the church. I'm not the one that made the rules here. I began to realize that this thing's been a problem for a long time. And God is looking for people just to start a revolution, to change it. I'll tell you what happened in those young people's lives. I'll tell you very simply because we never told them to go, by the way. We never told them to leave. And then then last year, like I said, they were standing room only. And most of that crowd on a Friday night was a youth. And we never told those youth to leave. Let me tell you what happened. Is they were confronted with a God that was bigger than them and a God that wanted to change them. And they'd rather have a God that fits in their box and a God that they make as an idol that is in their image than to know the real God. It reminds me of the story with Moses. Moses knew the real God. Moses went up to the mountain. Moses prayed and talked to the real God. And the people said, oh, we want to talk to the real God too, Moses. You're not the only one that should talk to God. We want to talk to God. So God started to kill some of those people because they were rebellious. (laughs) And then Moses said, have mercy on them, Lord. You've got to read your Bible, people. God is not like us. God is a holy judge. Amen? You've got to read your Bible, so don't question your pastor, okay? So God begins to judge them, and then Moses is like, God, have mercy, and the Father has mercy on them. And then the Father says, okay, well, I'll have mercy. I'll give them a chance to speak to me like I talk to you. So then he says, tell them to come to the mountain, the same mountain where Moses got the Ten Commandments. He says, okay, tell them to meet me right here. The Bible says God comes down on that mountain so powerful that the earth shakes, the clouds turn black, lightning is going on, and His voice thunders the earth. The people get about 20 miles away from the mountain. They start running back the other way. And they say, we don't want to hear Him. You talk to Him. Moses, we don't want to talk to Him if that's the way He is. You see, because they weren't ready to come to the mountain and be holy. The Bible says that that day, if anything unclean would have touched that mountain, it would have died instantly. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to tell you our God is always angry and He doesn't love us. What I'm trying to tell you is that our God is powerful. He's mighty. And it seems like there's so many people in the church today that want to have like the spiritual relationship with a God of some sort and go to a church when they want to, etc. But they don't want the real God. The Bible talks about the real God will put a holy fear inside of you. The real God will change you. When does it start? I think it starts now. Amen? I want it to start now. And I'm willing to be in this thing for the long haul. If I start today 
And then 50 years from now, when I'm 80 years old, what as an old man, and your grandchildren are hanging out with my great-great-grandchildren, and finally somebody gets it, at least we can say we did it. At least we can say we did it. Amen? I'd rather live and die for something than live and die for nothing. The bottom line is, the bottom line is, is life is going to pass us all by. We're all getting older, more gray hairs. And at the end of our life, what are we going to talk about? When God judges us, what is he going to say to us? I want him to say that we did what he commanded us to do. Amen? Look with me in Mark chapter 6. Look what Mark chapter 6 says. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. Verse 2. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach them in the synagogue. And many who heard him were what? Amazed. Everybody say amazed. Amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's that wisdom that has been given to them? What's this wisdom that's been given to him? He even does miracles. Wow. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Well, back up here. Jesus came to town. Jesus was known among these people for doing miracles. People knew that Jesus was wise. How in the world do you then Take offense at him. He bothered them. They knew he did miracles. They, they said it right there. How can he do miracles? They knew who he was. They knew his family. And yet the Bible says they took offense at him. That means it actually bothered them that Jesus was doing miracles. It actually bothered them that Jesus was as smart as he was, like he was a smarty pants. How can this be? Keep going. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his own relatives, in his own house as a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their what? Lack of faith. They knew who he was. They knew that he had done miracles. But the Bible says they lacked faith. Their reason for lacking faith is that they got too comfortable with him. The reason for people lacking faith today is that they don't even believe anymore in faith. They don't even have faith in faith anymore. People think you're stupid if you talk about you're actually going to get healed. Why? You've got to go to the doctor. You've got to get the x-rays. You've got to get the exams. And man, I'm telling you what, you know who gave God doctors their wisdom? It's God. So I thank God for that. But I'm telling you something. How many know God, doctors still can't heal cancer? They still can't raise the dead. They still can't open blinded eyes. I was talking to our missionary from Africa. She sees healings all the time. Tisa, go to her website, Iris or uh, rather runwiththeglory.com or irisministries.com is the one she's with, Heidi Baker. As a matter of fact, I just got the uh, newsletter. You can get it in the mail if you would like it. I get it every uh, three months. The fall newsletter, is the Bible. she was saying that she went to a village and just played the Jesus video. Just played a video to the Africans about Jesus. Hundreds of people showed up. 
She said that deaf ears was open. She said that tuberculosis was healed instantly. They have people in their ministries that have been raised from the dead. You can go to YouTube and watch one of the videos of a blind man getting his eyes back. But do you see that on the top 100 list? People don't even believe or even care anymore. I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to bring Jesus to the people who do care? Are you willing to change this world? The Bible didn't say that Jesus stopped there. It just said Jesus ran into that there. Now keep going. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to them. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take with you a devil's mask, lots of candy, a white man with a beard, and do a play. Is that what it says? Here, I've given you authority to cast out demons. Now do a basketball tournament. Do a video game tournament. Do Parcheesi tournament. I don't even know what that is. It just sounds cool. Parcheesi. See, what have, we, what have we done? Let's just stop right here. Most of everybody here, you know exactly what I'm going with this. So let's clarify it a little bit more because you can understand it. And I know there's going to be more visitors and things like that Saturday and Sunday. It's, you know, it's Halloween, Halloween, old Halloween. You know, we can't expect people to put God before the devil on this day, can we? We know the devil's a liar anyways. But listen to this. Is there anything wrong with a play? No. Is there anything wrong with Christian rap? Is there anything wrong with uh, somebody cooking up some food and saying, let's all get together and eat a church supper, a church dinner? No. But what we did is we made those things, you can put them like in my hand right now, those things, we made that the gospel. And when people think of Christianity, they think of those things. They think of the choirs. They think of the plays. They think of the food that's given away. You know, the Methodist church I was at run, ran by a homosexual lesbian woman, gave away food. They think about those things and they say, that's the church. This is what the church is. But look what Jesus told them when they go out and preach. Take nothing for the journey. Jesus did not tell them, take all of these things and let's go preach. That's okay, leave it there, leave it there, leave it there for the illustration. Come on. Let's, let's take all of these things, let's, let's get this and let's get that. Come on, let's go. Come on, is this how they went? Come on, you go grab the speaker. I'll, I'll grab this. Thank you, my brother. I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm glad that it kind of fell because it, it makes you look like it's just like so clumsy. It's like, ah, I'm going to take all this. Come on. It's like we got our hands so full. You know, it's like, oh, oh, I got to do this rap play. I got I to gotta rap before I preach. Oh, you know what? I got to do this play about Jesus, and he's got to be the devil or something, you know, or you know, whatever. Not Jesus being the devil, but somebody's got to go to hell, and somebody's got to go to heaven, and we got to take all this garbage with us. Aren't you sick of it? I mean, come on, it's just a mess. He said, take nothing for the journey except a staff. Because you are going to be walking. <laughs> he said, man, you are not even taking the bus. You are not riding a camel. You are going to walk yourself to wherever you preach. 
And while you are walking, you are going to think to yourself how you're going to eat. Because you're bringing no bread, no bag, and no money in your belts. That is why today, when you come to the church and we go out evangelizing, we're not bringing the money, the bag, and the, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker anymore. We're just bringing Jesus. I just wish we could all get that again. I wish we could all just get it in our hearts again. Isn't he enough? It's, you know, I, I like what a man said about Hollywood once. He said, they tell a lie good. Hollywood can tell a lie really, really good. But we tell the truth really, really bad. Hollywood can make a movie about the dumbest things and make it seem so cool. Like Transformers. Let's take that for example. They can make a movie about a truck becoming a person. And they'll make it so good that you and I are watching it. And we're like, that's so cool. Man, look at that truck become a person. Wow, look at that. And he's, he's so cool. And he's funny. Oh, he's so oh, wow. Two hours. There I was. I spent $15 to see it. There it was. They tell a lie. Good. But yet when we come to church, we tell the truth bad. We don't even talk about his miracles. We don't even talk about his power. We don't even talk about lives being transformed. We want to show you a choir. Play it again, choir. Sing it again, choir. We want to, sh- we want to show you buildings and, 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 and dress. Now, you know, isn't that something that all became about dress? You know, how well do you dress? How well does your pastor dress? How, how smart is this person? You know, uh, you know we, we made it about so many other things other than Jesus. I remember sitting down talking with one of my friends, a youth pastor, and I had to ask Nancy what went wrong with him and what went wrong with us. Because he sat down and he boasted to me. He said, man, Joe, our youth outreach was so awesome. He said, we had 300 kids there. It was packed. We had so much awesome stuff. He said, and we had a mechanical bull on the pulpit, and the kids loved it. He had a mechanical bull. He put a mechanical bull on the pulpit. And I began to think to myself, you know, it's like my friends, it's like, it's like one up on the other. Well, I'm going to have a barbecue. Well, no, my outreach, I'm going to have a pig roast and a, and a luau. Oh, I'm going to go one up more than that. I'm going to have a Wild Western night. And I'm going to have a mechanical bull. Oh, you're going to have a mechanical bull. I'm going to bring in a tiger and a bear and an elephant. I mean, I'm so serious. I remember talking to people about their Easter plays. And one person says, well, when, when our guy goes up there for the crucifixion, we pour blood all over him and, and it looks cool. The other one says, no, but we actually have Jesus riding in on a donkey. So we have a donkey in the church. And the other one says, oh, you think that's cool? I'm being honest with you. I've seen this. We have an angel swing from the top of our building all the way down to the front of the stage. Hmm. Wow. That's so awesome. It's nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with this thing's about, but that's great. They've just told the truth badly. I mean, I was thinking about this while I was praying out there. I, would, I could just imagine me like walking in here with Paul last year. Okay, now Paul, our outreach is a little different, okay? 
We're not going to sing. We're not going to talk about holiness. We're not going to commit our life to the cause of Christ and to dying as martyrs, counting ourselves as true disciples. You're going to see my worship leader pretend like he's a Latino man from the village of Guadalajara. You're then going to see our other drummer. He's going to pretend to be the devil. So just understand we're going to pretend a whole lot of things. I could just imagine Paul looking at me going, but when do we really cast out the devil? When when do we really heal somebody? I mean, I know you're pretending to do all that other stuff, but when do you really cast out the devil? When do you pray for the... Well, Paul, we, we don't do that on this day. When do, you, when do you challenge the disciples to lay down their life for Jesus? We do that in our 201 class on Wednesday with 12 people, Jesus. We don't do that when there's 150 here. We, we want to keep it short and sweet and to the point, you know. We don't want to scare them with martyrdom quite yet. I could just imagine that. I could just imagine Jesus coming into the building going, That's supposed to be me? Who is that? What is this? I could just imagine Jesus knocking on the door going, could I actually come in and do something that I normally do? Or do you want to pretend like I'm in the building because I actually want to come into the building? Now, once again, I have nothing wrong with plays, dramas, and skits. I mean, they all have their place, okay? I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. But I'm telling you, when that becomes the main deal, we have a problem. Let me give you this illustration. You'll see it and we'll move on. Just We're getting to closing. Thank you for bearing with me. If you went to the restaurant and they handed you the menu, most of us would say thank you. And if you, they came back and said, now would you like to order, and you pointed to the picture, what do you expect to come? Do you expect them to bring you a picture of what you just pointed to on the menu? The, the, the picture itself? No. You expect the food, right? All we're doing in the Christian church is handing people the menu. We need to show them the real deal. We're just pointing to this book saying over and over and over again, oh, God will do this, God will do this, pray. It's like a wishing well, you know, like a little prayer thing, you know, just throw it in there and whatever, you know, it's like gambling, you know, like wheel of fortune. It's like if you may, you may or may not get it, throw a coin in the well. And we keep saying, yeah, God's got bread. God's got steak, God's got a roast con condulace, but you're not going to see it, you know. For some reason, he doesn't give it at all. You know, he, he, he says he's going to do it, but he doesn't. And so all we're really doing in the Christian church is just talking about the menu. You guys get what I'm saying here? There comes a certain time, like where I'm at right now, I'm tired of just looking at the menu. I want Jesus. I don't want to talk about Jesus only. I don't just want to talk about what he did 2,000 years ago. I want Jesus today. I don't want to just talk about his promises, what he said he would do, what he said he may do in 2,000 years from now. I just want to see him do what he said he would do now. I want to see it happen now. And if I have got to line up for years to get it, then I'll do it. But I still want it now. I want to start off now. I want to change now. It all starts right now. Somebody say, ahora. Amen. Look up at the scripture. They were taking, they were given these instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. Verse 12, they went out and preached that people should what? They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and what? Why don't you stand up with me now today? Ish, would you come up here, please?
How many understand what God is saying? I know we make you laugh here. We have fun. But you understand the point? It's time to do it. That's it. Maybe you don't feel like you have that much to offer, but you do. The Bible says he sent them out two by two. So even as a conviction to me, ought I to expect the first wave of healings to happen in the church? I ought not to expect it that way because that's not the way it happened for them. It can happen right now. I do believe that. But I felt in my heart, you know, hey, let's see who comes. And if the first day I said, I said to the Lord, I said, nobody comes because it's Halloween for whatever reason. Other people are going to come different days. I'm going to challenge the people to do it anyway. You understand? Think about that. Do we stop now and say, oh, well, man, you know, Pastor Joe, he had a great idea. It didn't work. You know, we didn't, we didn't get anybody in a wheelchair here. And, you know, he's the one that wrote the Bible and talked about healing. And, oh, man, you know, I guess it's not going to happen. Is that what we do? Do we say, oh, well, you know, Metro Praise, I mean, what could you expect? You know, I mean, it's just a church in the storefront, you know. We're going to wait for that big church to do it one day. We're going to wait for that big church to finally say they're going to heal people, right? We're going to wait for them. We're going to be waiting a long time. I might know that. I remember Nancy was with me. We were talking to her uh, cousin by ethnicity, I guess you would call it. You know, they're not real cousins, but since they're Greek, they all hang around together. They're cousins, you know. I should have just said your cousin. But anyway, we're at her cousin's house. Brodaki. Is this her name? Brodaki. Everybody say Brodaki. That's a neat, neat name. Brodaki. So we're at the Brodaki's house. And he goes to a massively large church, over 20,000 members, the largest church in Illinois. Great church. I won't mention the name because of what I'm going to say now. <laughs> but other than these type of things, they're great. They love God. They're going to heaven. I'm glad we're not the only ones going to heaven. Heaven would be awfully lonely if it was just like 20 of us up there. Amen. There's a lot more going up there. Everybody remember I've said that. Just because we want revolution doesn't mean we're the only ones, okay? So anyways, we're talking to our cousin, Boraki, and he says, you know, about this great church. And he was telling me, man, he's saying, I said to him, talk to me about what's going on there. I mean, that's a massive church I want to learn. And Nancy will tell you, I am a student. I am not trying to be cocky with Brodaki. I wasn't being cocky. I really wanted to learn. And we actually watched some videos, and I did learn. I mean, they did share a lot what was going on. And, man, he just started going on. He said, man, we've had this guy come and speak at our church. He was awesome. I said, man, what made him awesome? Tell me. I'm a speaker. I want to know what makes him awesome. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He handed out honey to everybody. Honey. Yeah, he handed out to all the thousands of people there. And then he said, take a taste of the honey. And then he said, that's how good God is. God's like honey. And I'm like, Okay, then what else happened? He's like, no, that was it. That's what made him awesome, man. I mean, he did the honey thing, you know, taste it. Well, you know, that's, that's like God. God's like honey. Woo! I was like, okay. Trying to, trying to get it. But that's how you guys, that was an awesome service. Guy talked about God. You tasted honey. I was creative, man. That was, that was it. Okay. 
He said, well, then, man, I'll tell you what we do. We then have these special outreaches, and we have professional orchestra and ballerina dancers come, and they dance, and they perform ballerina stuff, and the, and the news comes and films and tells the whole city about our production. I said to him, I said, Nancy will tell you. I said, but when do you cast out the demons? <laughs> You got 20,000 people up in that church. Look, I only got about 100 in my church, and we be casting out demons more than most, okay? You got 20,000 in there. You know at least 1% or 2% of them got some demons. You know there's got to be at least a couple thousand up in there I need to get set free. Come on, somebody. Well, we don't do that. It's like, why don't you do that? I don't know. That would just be kind of weird, you know? Like in his mind, casting out demons was weird, but eating honey wasn't, you know? And I began to think to myself, you know, like a scripture like this. That people will, will even say, I believe, I, I, I believe the Bible. Like this brother believed the Bible. He said, I believe this thing. Like he actually believed that God could cast out demons, but he had no faith. Just like these people in the story, they had no faith. They actually heard everything. They knew about Jesus. They knew where he came from. They knew his brothers. They knew that he had performed miracles. They knew that he was wise. And it, it didn't excite them. It offended them. Well, I know Jesus is doing miracles. How does he do that? I don't know about that. I'd rather just have my honey and sit here and do whatever we do. When are we going to say, Jesus, do it your way? There was a pastor one time of a 2,000-member church. And God came to him and said, Son, I want you to preach the Word because you haven't been preaching the Word. You've been preaching these Oprah Winfrey Reader Digest scriptures and things, you know. God loves you. God loves me. We're just a happy family type stuff. And God's like, hey, there's a lot more. You know, like, God is loved by the way. It's like, you know, what are three words? There's like books. On judgment, there's books like, you know, Malachi, Jeremiah, Lamentations, all about like God will destroy this place if people don't start acting right. The man stood up and started preaching. A month later, he only had a few hundred people. Is bigger better? If you have a big tumor, is that better than a small tumor? Come on. If you have a big debt, is that better than a small debt? All I'm seeing today, I'm being honest with you, and I'm, I've, I've talked a lot about myself, and you know that, okay? We've talked a lot about what we're going to do differently. But all we see is more numbers, but bigger problems. Will we become bigger than a storefront church? Absolutely. I have no doubt in that. My wife and I are going to give our life to this. The average pastor is 50 years old. Hello, somebody. I mean, I got 20 years old before you could even compare an apple to an apple. I'm just a bequito. I'm just a little baby, okay? We're just, we're just starting off. I mean, we love God. I mean, we know what we're doing for what we're doing, but, I mean, come on. We're going to be here for a while. But all I see is this, this, this bigger, bigger, bigger is still bad, 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 bad. Let's make a difference now. Jesus anointed his disciples and said, now you go out and anoint others. That's what we need to do.